This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold, and I can't believe I'm even able to talk. I am have been in rehearsals for eight hours a day and uh, just spent this past weekend learning my lines. I haven't left, I didn't leave the house the entire weekend, um, but I'm really excited about the show. This show this week on Kill Me Now is my... Uh, Part two of my interview with the incredible, the talented, the amazing human being known as Wilson Cruz, who I fucking adore. But just so you know, I have been working my ass off on my off-Broadway show. Yes, I can say that at 59E59. If you are in New York between March 4 and April 16, you have to come see the show. It is so important. I've been working so hard. B.D. Wong is an amazing director, and I wrote it with my friend Eddie Sarfati, who's a Jew. What a journey. My head is pounding. By the way, I've been taking my my ADD medication, my Ritalin, every day, uh, because this is a huge... I mean, my brain hurts. It's, you know, it's hard to remember lines. I just, you know, I forget. So... I'm really excited, though, so you better get your fucking asses there. And as I read more and more about Ron fuck-asshole piece of shit DeSantis and banning books and and just erasing black history, I fucking, I can't believe the direction we're going in and these motherfucker Republicans. Uh, I hope you also enjoyed your, the uh, Saturday's National Day of Hate the fuck is that shit? I, I, you know what I hate? I hate when people look down at their phone while they're walking down the street. It's really fucking annoying, so stop it. And if you live in New York City and you're walking up the subway stairs and you're staring at your phone and walking really slow, I'm going to, I swear, I'm going to lose it one time and someone's going to get hurt. So that's my national day of hate. But anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's it. I have been really, I can't even answer emails or see people. I am literally completely focused on, yes, I can say that at 5959. So you better get your fucking asses there. It's a very important show and yours truly is starring in it. So that's that. Um, Oh, Elisa brought in some raspberries, ate them all and then left the container here. So that's my lava. Um, Anyway, uh, I think that's all I have to talk to you about because my brain hurts and I can't really think of anything else besides the fact that I love Wilson Cruz and I really hope that um, you enjoy part two of our conversation. He's just he's just a f- special person. And you're all special for listening to my podcast. So please sit back, relax. And enjoy part two of my conversation with the one and only Wilson Cruz. You start shooting and your father sees the character. So we didn't speak. We didn't speak for that whole year. And, you know, it's funny, Winnie and I, Winnie Holzman and I have talked about how this happened. and, And she doesn't remember if it's because she knew what had happened to me or if this was something that she had wanted to do anyway. But Ricky goes through a very similar experience where he's thrown out of his home um, and is homeless at Christmas. That episode airs on like December 10th or something like that of 94. Yeah. And um, as the credits are rolling, my phone rings in my apartment Um, and it's my dad 
and I can hear like the credit, like, you know, the, the, the music yeah, in the yeah, background. Yeah. and he goes, I think it's time for you and I to talk. And I said, okay, okay. And he said, why don't you drive out this weekend? So I did, I picked up a six pack of beer because I know who my father is. What kind? Um, uh, Budweiser. Mm. He's a bud guy. Okay. And uh, we sat in my childhood bedroom with a six pack of beer. And I said to him, before we even begin this, I need you to feel like you can ask me anything. And I need to feel like I can answer you safely. And with that as a foundation, um, we had one of the most honest and vulnerable on both sides conversations I've ever had in my entire life. Wow. Um, my father and I growing up were strangers in the same home. We barely spoke to each other. I think he didn't know what to do with me and I didn't know what to do with him. And he was just trying to make money to help us survive. And he worked nights, so he slept all day. And um, But this was the first time where I feel I feel like we saw each other as humans. And we've never looked back from that. I love that. I love, was it easier for Josh, your brother Josh, to come out? No, I wish I could say that it was. Wow. It, you know, because it could have gone either way. It could have gone... Okay, I get it. Or, oh, you fucking kidding me. Yeah. Um, I mean, his story is is for him to tell, but you right. know, he he went through a really hard time. And um I tried to be there as much as I could for him because I right. was in LA and in New right. York, because I was I was doing a movie. I was doing all over me in New York when all of his stuff went down and he was in California. He ended up moving to Florida to be with my grandparents and he went, he finished high school out there. Wow. Um, and, you know, I don't want to tell his story, it's his story, like I said, but, but my brother and I, I know a lot of people who have, you know, siblings who are also gay or lesbian and or trans and sometimes it goes, it goes really well. And sometimes it doesn't. Right. But my brother and I have the kind of bond that, um, it's the thing that I value the most in my life. Right. Is my friendship. With, with your brother. brother. Yeah. And also, he has a son named Cruz. I fucking yes. love him. I love, yes. and you look alike. And he's <laughs> adorable. Um, he is. And he's incredibly talented. And um, we just spent a month in France because his partner, his husband is French. Oh, fuck so you. we just, I'd never been. It was my first time. And my my he nephew and I so bonded. Jealous. He was, it was oh, an amazing Oh, I bet. Trip. I bet. It was so, I, you know, as I was reading all about you, I was like, his father's gay, you know, or he, you know, my father's definitely not gay. No, but or uh, he, there's something about homosexuality that is, you know, I think it's him so much. Yes, or I, or, I honestly think it's a it it is cultural. Yeah, uh, I think you know there are gender norms that are so instilled and so part of Puerto Rican culture when he right. was growing up, um, you know, I think Latin then, culture in general, you know, yeah, and, and, you know, we can't understate, especially given what happened today, the, the influence of the Catholic church, right. Pope came out and said, you know, homosexuality is not a crime, right. It wasn't a sin, right. He, he said it was, it was a crime that these, that these laws around the world, that uh, that we see are popping up um, shouldn't exist. So anyway, we can't understate the influence of the of that church um, on 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 Puerto Rican culture, you on, know on what? Latino You're culture right. in general. You're right. And um, you know, but my my dad also knows that he knew gay men in the past. Right? right. There were people that he knew were gay. They just didn't talk about it. And I think that's what he wanted. He was like, I think there was part of him in his head that thought. Well, maybe my son is gay, but everybody doesn't need to know. And here I was. <laughs> Play, right. Playing Telling everybody. You know what I mean? Right. So, and he thought it was a reflection on of him. He thought it, my sexuality had something to do with him. And I right, had to of clear, course. That, clear that It up. was all about him. After my so-called life, which, mm. you know, 
Mm. Oh, that when that got canceled, whatever. Um, <laughs> I know it was harder for you to get work, and you realized, yeah. wow, as you had mentioned earlier, there's no people of color on. Like, it's interesting that you know ABC. When I was, we were to, we were on the same lot, and we became mm-hmm. friends because I was obsessed with the show. But th- this was the first Asian American family on. And then, you know, we had my so-called life and, you know, it's not like you got a plethora of of work. I mean, think about Jared Leto or Leto. Is it Leto? Leto. Yeah. Claire Danes. I mean, they became stars. Huge. And you were out and it wasn't the right, you know, it wasn't a. Well, it was easy. I mean, I wouldn't say it was easy for them. It was right. it was easier in some sense, in the sense that when they went in, when they got called in for roles, those were the people they that that those creators pictured in their head. Right. When I got called in for stuff, my job was convincing them of two things. Right. That the person that they dreamt of when they wrote this doesn't necessarily have to be that person. Right. And that that person could be me, right? right? Somebody like me, you know, and I tell this to young actors all the time. I, I come from the school where I'm going to fit myself into a role. I'm not going to put on a role. Right. Because especially in TV and film, they don't usually know what they want. Exactly. You, it's your job to tell them it's you. Um, and so it's a higher hill to climb when someone like me, uh, like us. So it's a little more work. Um, and there's just less opportunity. Right. You know? It's, and I, it's the same, I have the same thing. And it's like every, you're a, you're, well, you're a type. No one writes for you. You know, right. it's like, Hey, why don't you take a look at Judy? And they're like, Oh, that might be an interesting choice. Right. It's never Judy, you know? Right. And, yes, and, I'm always I'm always an interesting choice. Right, oh, that's right. interesting. You oh, can think of that. I didn't even wow, that could yeah. let's see her. And then it's always like, let's see what mm. she does with this. Go fuck right. yourself. Right. And it's uh, all it's not like, oh, I'm excited to see Judy or Wilson. Right, it's, right, uh, right. Oh, let's see what they do. Not, oh, this is gonna be the one. You know, you always walk in with a couple of strikes against you before you even walk in the door. Exactly. So you have to uh, wow them. You end up working and then this is such a fascinating thing that you did. So in 2010, you have at sort of a lull in your career and um, you get a job offer at GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D, yeah. the Gay and Lesbian uh, Association Against Defamation. Alliance. Against Alliance. Defamation. Against, Although it's whatever. not, it's, they're not even going by that anymore. Right doesn't include us all. Right. So, um, yeah, I had done rent. Uh, I had done a season of party of five. Um, and I was like doing like everybody's guest star, <laughs> you know, that's ER. what I, I'm the perennial guest star. Yes. ER. Like, oh, we'll put your yeah. guest wing and, you know, and I, and Allie McBeal. I mean, I would, right. I would always like, and I would make a dent. Right. But like I said, there weren't a whole lot of opportunities. How many times were they like, oh, you're going to come back. You're going to come. They used yes. to fucking do that all the time. Oh, I love but they this. Did. Yeah. They did. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, they did. Sometimes they did. I did too, um, but yeah, not a lot. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, but it wasn't, all, it wasn't always. But right. um, so anyway, so my brother was going through a rough time uh, and I was like, you know what? What am I doing here in LA? I'm not, I can't get arrested. Let me just go to New York and see, you know, if I can start something there. And while I was there, um, I ran into, um, the pre the new president of GLAD at the time, Herndon Graddick. And, um, he was like, why don't you come work for us? And I was like, what am I going to do for you anyway? So he, we, we talked about it. Um, I was an, I was an advocate and an activist anyway. I also wanted to work in terms of expanding visibility for our community within the industry. And here was an opportunity to just do it as opposed to waiting around for someone to have those conversations. And he was willing to 
allow me to have these conversations. Like I found and, myself in yeah. offices I would never be right. in. Like the the C offices, the C suite offices of Universal and right. Paramount and you're and, and and I read that you were like, I got to say ask these people why why yeah. don't you have parts for us? Yeah. What is the you know like. I had a whole meeting fucking opportunity. Like you're always like, you just want to go to the boss of the boss of the boss and go, do you realize, you know, because no one takes it is no one's accountable. It's always the person above them. And you're at that fucking apex asking people. So what's your fucking problem? Essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, I had a meeting. It's funny because now I work for CBS basically, but I had a meeting at CBS with Nina Tassler, who's amazing. Yes. You know, and what I, what I, what I learned was these people actually are on our side. They want to make these changes. They want to include more people, but they feel like their hands are tied. There were, there was no one working creatively behind the scenes, creating this, uh, the kind of projects that could get greenlit. Um, because nobody, because they thought that nobody was going to watch them. So they right. needed to be something big that hit, that allowed them to point to it, you know, and say, oh, look, this works. So there, right. th- then we have the will and graces of the world that come along. Right. And so we can point to that, but there was nothing, you know, of people of color or any, you had to, there was, a, my job was expanding their view of who those people could be. And it was two years of like conversations with each network with each studio head, with the affiliates, right? Like those, the people in, 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 in the, the Midwest, the yes. Who, who would, um, you know, who wouldn't be happy, you know, if they, they, if the shows they were, that were getting greenlit weren't getting audiences. So anyway. But it's also that, the, you know, if something was in, was syndicated, there were markets that wouldn't take, you know, like you're in every market except for white supremacy market. And, you know, right. Look at North Dakota. When, right. When 30 something uh, had uh, uh, two men in the, in the same bed, like Miss, the stations in Mississippi and Alabama wouldn't show it. Right. You know, there was like a, a backlash. So anyway, so by the time I left uh, Glad in 20... 12, 13, 14, 2014, 14. we had a uh, pose, right? We had, you know, uh, Glee. We had all of these shows that were leading to a more complete picture of who we were. Hey everyone, you know, One of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S 
dot com slash Judy Gold fifty J U D Y G O L D fifty five zero okay Judy Gold fifty and use code J U D Y G O L D five zero Judy Gold fifty to get fifty percent off. That's code Judy Gold fifty at factormeals dot com slash Judy Gold fifty and get fifty percent off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Okay, I, I ha- you have to tell me, what was it like walking, you know, walking into these offices? First of all, what did you wear a suit? Were you? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you and would you go by yourself or you had people no, there to go, support sometimes, you? Sometimes the president would be there with me. Right. Or I had I'd have other staff with me. It, it was, you know, t- to be honest with you, it was always like they were there they were letting us have this meeting at first. Right. right? It was perfunctory for them. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then, and then we would get into it. Right. And, you know, glad has these, um, you know, we grade all of the networks and all they do, they grade all of the networks and all of the studios. And so we could go in with statistics and numbers and show them how they could do better, where they did great point to things that they did great, but also say like you aired this episode where you know, this was offensive or I don't want to get into specifics, right, but we right. call them out on it and then give them the opportunity to what, defend themselves or yeah. show us how they were going to do better. Right. Um, and sometimes they anyone, just were like, oh, we didn't know that that was offensive right. or, you know. What was, did you ever get like a really like surprising offensive. reaction and defensive um, and like, you know, what, fuck you, you know, like whatever. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how these people behave, but I mean, I wouldn't say that people got no, but nobody got like fuck off or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that there were people who kind of shrugged it off. Sure. Um, and paid some lip service and oh, didn't so really annoying. do anything until they saw someone else succeed at it. And then suddenly they wanted, they wanted in too. Did you um, ever call anyone out for that or did you have to no, be? I mean, I mean it's we so had to, yeah, yeah, because we had political. To, yeah. Yes, because we needed to continue to have access to them to continue to have the conversation. But again, this takes me back to like being a kid and adapting and reading right. the room. Read in right? the room. Like, yes. I I could read a room. I could be charming, or I could be a bit of a professor if I needed to be. Right. These people, or bring my hammer, you know, it's, right. you know, CBS was, was, was tough because they were always oh at the God. bottom. They were always at the bottom of the, the grading curve. So those conversations got boring really fast. And I would say it towards the end, I was like, I'm really exhausted with this conversation. Right. Because you wore me like the just, fuck out. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I come in here every year and nothing moves. And now of course they have like the largest sci-fi lgbtq cast right. on television that i'm we a gotta of. get a less <laughs> where are the lesbians where are the 55 plus lesbians come on have, fuckheads we have tig nataro on our show oh that's who got it <laughs> i auditioned <sighs> i need come on i know gay no, I mod, don't, that's not gay mod lesbian yes. mod you fuckheads come on i'm in, I'm in. Okay. Anyway, it was a very interesting job, you know. Um, and then it also took you, so you, you, you know, it took you away a little bit from the grind and the, and, and, you know, it's just so interesting. I think psychologically for you, and it would be for me that like, okay, so my career's kind of in a lull, but I get to confront the people, you know, like most people are career in the role, their career is in a lull and they sit there. What did I do? Why is this not? And you go through these fucking head games, but you are proactive in saying, I mean, like who gets that fucking opportunity to yeah, go in and there and what say, I, what the fuck? And that's I how working. I saw it. Yeah. I, you know, and I never made it about me. I really, right, right. I, but I did make it about me in, in a general sense, which is I don't see people like me on TV. Right. I don't. And, and you know, I, I see a lot of people like me on the street. So, you know, they're in the world. Why can't our screens, whether big or small, actually reflect the world that we live in? And that was my go-to line, right? right. Like, and I would, I would say this every time. I was like, how in the hell do you do a show in New York City about six friends? 
Oh, not one of them. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Oh my God! And they apologized. They apologized. Of course, of course. But at the but when I was saying it back in twenty, you know, twelve or whatever, they looked at me like I had three heads. Right. You know, crazy. Um, and just because representation is everything it's we as a culture found that acceptable for way too long. The fact that that, that, that is only changing somewhat now is shocking to me that we, you know, that, that the networks and the studios at this point are like, Oh, we should probably have more than just white people in this. Right. And, and, and it's so funny. Cause I as I said before earlier that I watched the pilot and and I was mostly curious to see how they handled you and mm. your character, Ricky Vasquez. And you know, it's just so funny the by when they talk when when um what's her name? Claire Dane's parents talk Best about Armstrong, yeah. Yeah. Patty. Talks about wait, what do you mean by how do you know? And the, the little sister knows what by means. And she's like, yeah. that means by certain what? What's going like it's like, oh my God. You like you're totally. a fucking heroin addict. Exactly. Um, yeah. It. Yeah. It's. It's just. I have a really interesting question that I. Okay. Another thing I've never asked anyone, and you know that I kind of have an issue with a little bit. I. I came out in '96 in straight comedy clubs. Uh, and talking about how I had had a kid and I'm a lesbian and blah, 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 blah. And I felt the shift in the audience. And I, I definitely was, I was similar to you. And the fact that I, how I'm not, I can't fucking fake this shit. You know, like I can't go on stage and be like, Hey, my, you know, oh, I'm dating. Like I couldn't do it. And so, and at that time I was asked to do, you know, I would get, oh, can you host this? And can you host that? And can you, we're, here's an award and here's the Gay and Lesbian Family Award. And, you know, and then people started coming out, but they came out after they made their money, mm-hmm. after they knew they were settled, after they knew that, you know. It was safe. It was safe. And what are your thoughts on that? And that now, Wilson, I'm telling you, I don't even get invited to half of this shit. Like I won a Glad Media Award and now I don't even get invited. You know, I don't even get invited to the women's event at the Gay and Lesbian Center. I used to host all that. Like, I don't understand. I really would love to discuss your thoughts on that. And I understand it's a safer thing to do. And, you know, you could lose everything and blah. We all get it. But. I mean, I think there's less of that now than Absolutely. there ever has been. Right. Um, and uh, I just wish I waited till I, I made money. <laughs> All I can say about that in, in terms of myself was like, I didn't have the luxury of that because I don't know that I, if I, I, I don't know that I could have hit it if I wanted to. Right, right. Like, who the hell was I going to fool? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think homophobia and fear um, are very real things that people deal with. I And I, I'm thinking of specific actors who I know who came out later who talked to me about, you know, their very conservative families and the their own self-hatred that they hadn't quite dealt with, which always, which, which lit something in my brain, which was, do I want anybody who's not ready to talk about these issues to come out before they are? Because we have seen people (laughs) who were not ready for prime time asked about LGBTQ issues what it's like to be out in the in the industry and didn't have enough self-awareness or self-love to speak to it in a way that was educational and right. um helpful and helpful it, it, to yeah. the movement right so 
You know, my go-to answer about this is people come out when they're ready, but also when they're ready to do the work. Because right. we don't, we, we, when we do come out, whether you like it or not, you're representing a community. Um, and you're, and you especially have the eyes of young people on you. So that's so we true. Have to, we have yeah. to be responsible in that, on that platform. It's, it's so good that you say that because I, I, you know, I'm doing a new show, a new Broadway show, off Broadway show, Broadway, I wish. Um, well, I'm putting it out there. Moving it's to gonna Broadway. Happen. Uh, about, happen. you know, called Yes, I Could Say That's about my it's based on my book, but it's really my book coming to life. And and oh I God, talk about, so yeah, free speech. And and a lot of it is it was, you know, coming out and how that affected my career. But that whole representation, the fact that I now have young, well, kids in their 30s, really, who say to me, I saw this loud, funny woman talking about being gay and having kids. And I was like, what? You know, like, and you also have that letter from uh, hmm. a young and I love that it was before social media, but you have yeah. a, a handwritten letter with from a a, a, a young gay kid, essentially, yeah. who saw who Ricky Vasquez had a huge the character had a huge effect on him. And there are teardrops on. On, on the, the on the paper. Yeah, I mean, this was yeah before social media and. Um, it, it would come, you know, we weren't at a studio. We were at like these warehouses in West LA. And so the, the fan mail would come into this, to the studio, to the office. And I didn't get a ton. Right. And I think, I think a lot of that is because, you know, these young people. Yeah. yeah. It's the same reason why when we would go out and, um, people would, young kids would come up to the other actors, but nobody right. would kind of come up to me because they didn't want people to think, you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. Oh, but they like, didn't oh. want to out themselves. Yeah. Right. Or have but, to explain that. Yeah. But on a, in a letter, you know, there's, yeah. Um, there's the ability to be what's the word? anonymous. Yeah. Um, and so I, I got this letter from this young man in, I think it was Iowa. I have the letter somewhere. It's wow. in storage, but, um, and he writes in this letter, you know, how shocked he was to see this. And because he, he honestly felt like he was the only one in the world who felt this way. And on the page, you can see where his teardrops fell oh. on the page and kind of smudged the ink. And that to me was the whole point, right? That like, has that to go in your, in your autobiography. You have to take a picture of that. Yeah. You know I love my Liquid IV, that I drink Liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben my son, Ben, who plays basketball, his team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the, the uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. 
That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code JudyGold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! You're now on Star Trek. um, Discovery. Discovery that I auditioned for, but Tig Notaro got the part. You did? Yes! And you're with another gay actor, Anthony Rapp, who I fucking love. What's not to love? What is not to love? Who opened his show um, off-Broadway? Oh, yes, off-Broadway. I want to go see that. Um, Did you see it yet? I haven't, because there are a couple people coming in from Canada, from the, from Toronto to come see it. So I'm going to go see it with them like in the next I'll couple of weeks. I'll have fun with them. You're but you should friends. come with us. I, wa- I will. Going full circle, you know, thinking about everything you've gone through. You mm. are now on Star Trek Discovery with a lesbian, mm-hmm. another gay man, mm-hmm. and yourself. And I'm sure there's plenty of other out gay people non- there. A, a non-binary... Actor, yeah, trans actor, um, and we have openly LGBTQ people playing straight, uh, presumably straight roles uh, in the cast as well. So, I mean, and you know, we were led by an African American woman who plays the first African American right. woman captain on our show. So, and yeah, it's it's an unbelievable cast it is the cast that i used to talk about why can't right? our screens it's like, look, look like what the happened the world yes the only thing missing is a tall jewish lesbian on that it fucking is. ship yes i agree who's gonna do the finances <laughs> we're spending a, too much money here um no it's a yes. dream it's a dream it really is a dream like you know i got killed off you know and they brought me back and right He's it's just been a really fascinating actor to uh, uh, character to play for right. an actor. Right. Like, right. He was endlessly fascinating to me. And I've gotten to imagine what it's like to come back to life. Right. And the whole storyline, my arc for the last now five years has been an analogy. And I've talked about this before for my friends. And I know you have some of these, too, who were given a death sentence in the in the early 90s right and you know had prepared themselves for oh yeah picked out caskets yes and spent all the money right and then the drugs came and they were given a second lease on life right and started to look at their lives and go oh well now that i'm gonna live what works what doesn't work does this relationship still work right Am I, do I still want to do what I'm doing for a living? Do I want to even live here? Like what, how can I create the kind of life that I deserve? And that's been his journey and finding that that with his partner. And that's the journey of the fucking COVID for so many people. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. So, you know, it's been great. Like, you know, he's the doctor and he's taken on um, the duties as counselor on the ship as well. And those conversations are really fascinating to do. So just as an actor, it's been a gift. Like I'm a completely different. And it takes nine or 10 months. It's, so you're well, only we off were, like a couple months. Well, now, we're, now we're only doing six, uh, I mean, 10 episodes. So we're doing six months. Oh, okay. That's uh, good. It's better now, but when we were doing 13 to 15, I was oh, up there nine it. months out of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking so of fucking freezing. Season five, I think, will be out uh, early summer, I think, is what I mean. <laughs> I love you so much. First of all, I love you so much. I love you. And I feel like you're my little brother. And I am. Oh, I just adore you. Um, and we're okay. still here. We're and it's so funny because Elisa's like, What's with, you know, because Elisa, my lover, when we saw, I saw you at Joe Allen, she immediately picked up on like, 
what was that? Like, I'm just like, he's, you don't understand, you know, I love because you know, you meet you. I, she's always meeting people that I worked with, like, you know, 20 years ago that she, she never met. She's like, who was that? And then, but that she felt, you know, whatever. Okay. So, um, I always ask my podcast guests two questions. Yes. I think I know the answer to one, but anyway, what do you do for your mental health? We're very pro mental health. I ha- I don't know if you could see this picking of my fingers lately because I'm mm-hmm. in the middle of my show, right? Rewriting the script, but yeah, I have a lot of anxiety. I have a wonderful older gay man who's my therapist who I speak to every Thursday. What time? Cognitive behavioral therapy. I love CBT. <laughs> I love CBT. It saved my fucking life. Oh, Isn't it the I, best? It's everything. I speak to him every Thursday at five o'clock. Um, and Ew. I used to say, I used to say that um, <clears throat> before I met him, I was like, oh, I'm spiraling. I'm spiraling. Right. And now I know what that means. It means that I'm catastrophizing, right. which is what I do. And so now I catch myself going, Bitch, you're catastrophizing. Right, none right. Of that, none of that is real. Happen. Right. Yeah, it's all fear. I know. Oh. That's why I love about CBT. It's like, you're like, I just made that whole fucking thing up in my head. Yes. Yes. And I've prepared my entire body. Right. And my finances and my relationships for this thing that may not happen. Right. Right. So um, he's amazing. I love him. So I do that. And, you know, I have a very extensive yoga practice that I start my day I know. With every day and you have such a hot body you know and i'm a les i'm gonna say thank you but you know i'm getting older and oh god don't even start don't even with the fucking getting things are harder things are look at my neck look at my fucking neck you can grow a beard okay (laughs) okay I just I'm just can't. saying I'm just saying that you know the 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 pressure that I've put on myself throughout you know the last 10 years to look and be a certain way you know that's all, that that can only go on for so long so I've I've had to like reframe it for myself and my new frame is I'm going to be as fucking healthy as I possibly right. can be right now, whatever that means I just looked at myself in the mirror at the gym and I was like, Ugh. like you just sometimes if you just stop and look and you go, wow. <laughs> yeah, this this leg is 60 years old. Like <laughs> and then there's some parts of my body. I'm like, oh, that it's so fucking annoying aging. Um, and, and it's and we're so hard on ourselves. I, I know, know. I am. I'm really hard on myself. I see things that nobody will ever see. I ever look at. I know, you know, and, you know, just recently in the last two years, I found out that. I have a shorter leg and that my body has been overcompensating for it. And there's all this stuff going on and my back kept going out. It's a whole oh, thing. Say, right? Oh, yeah. So, I have one leg know. that doesn't straighten. I have to get a knee replacement. So what? I've been walking around with a leg that's bent and now it's kind of, you know, caught up with me. So yeah, don't everyone. don't get older, people. That's my advice. Just, you know. Yeah. Um, OK. And. You know, I call the podcast Kill Me Now because, as yes. you know, everything gets on my fucking nerves. So what pisses you off more than anything, like makes it, it could be anything. It could be like it, it sounds trivial. And I know no, I love it, trivial pe- ones because that's the ones that peeve. fucking get. Yeah, go. It's my pet peeve. If I say we're meeting at three o'clock. And you show up at three fifteen. You're communicating to me that my time is not important to you and that you have little respect for me. You didn't call, you didn't text. You know, we have all this technology to let me know. I'm rushing. I'm building my entire day around. I told Judy I was going to be there at 315. I'm going to be there at 315 because I'm sure that she has a lot to do. Right. Because you think of other people. Now, I have had I'm going to be brutally honest. I've had a problem with the being on time. And now but I am on time. At least text. I always do. But I, you know, my therapist and, you know, finally was like, you love the drama. You love that drama of being fucking late and and rushing. And I and I say to myself, I fucking hate this. But I honestly don't know what to do with like 
being early, you know, like, oh my God, I have two minutes. I'm not learning something for those two. You know what I mean? It's so fucking mental. I will also say this, that since my brother has become a parent, I have become more understanding. (laughs) Right. Yeah. With kids, it's really hard. It's really hard. I get it. And, and, you know, as I've gotten older, I've, I've been less, but it does drive me nuts. And maybe it's not 15 minutes, but if, but like the people who show up like a half hour. No, that's fucking, that is bad. And and then don't even acknowledge it. Right. That drives me nuts. No, that's fucking rude. Fuck you. And I think it's because I had choir teachers and acting coaches who were like, you know, on time is late get there 15 minutes early right. like that that I'm always getting there I'm always the first one that's the other thing I'm always the first one to show up anywhere at a dinner at a party I'm going to do that <laughs> the guy I put it in my like, I'll, I help, put, I'll help set up <laughs> I put everything in my calendar 15 minutes early Yes that's mm-hmm. what I do Yes that's nice same It's trivial I know I'm sorry No I like it It's not trivial it's, it's true it's about respect it is about respect in the long run. Yes. When am I going to see you? I need to see you. <gasps> the Ting. Okay. And you're coming to my show? Yes. When I'm is gonna, that? It, well, it starts, previews start May f- March 4th. Yes. It opens March 21. It runs till April 16th. I will 59, be there. 59. I will be there with bells on. Are you kidding I'm me? I'm going to get in you with that fucking opening night. Um, yes. Let's do it. I'm there. Baby boy. I love you so much. Um, I love you back. All right. Where can people fall? I really hate social media. That's my fucking. Well, and it's gotten even harder, right? Since fucking Elon Musk's. What about Twitter? It's like, I don't even know what. It's a cesspool. I used to go on to read. I was like, oh, what happened? What happened? And now I get the same people I fucking that drive me up a wall on my feed. And I don't even follow them. I don't even follow them. What it's the like they changed the algorithm yeah. or something. And I don't know, but, but the I thing is, is like, you know, then I was like, Oh, I'm going to move over to this, you know, I did. I just, yeah. And it's not the same, right? Like someone really smart and rich needs to figure out how to create a good, right. One. A good one, a, a good, a, a gooder, <laughs> yeah. a better, better alternative. Yes. Um, so I'm on, I'm W crew 73, both on Twitter. And because you were born in 1973. That's right. And it was, 19. and I had that handle before I knew that it was going to be a problem for me, not just have Wilson Cruz, but now someone else has it. So now I'm. Oh w. yeah. W. They always do that. All right. Um, so that's me and I'm on the Facebook, but that's really where I speak to my mother, I think. Yeah, that's that funny. is a very, <laughs> and I don't put personal shit up. Like I don't. No. I hate the people that do. They put them pictures of themselves in the fucking hospital. And then they're like, and then they're like, wish me luck. And they don't fucking tell you what's wrong with them. It's like, how much attention do you need? Right. Yeah. So true. I need your prayers tonight. I I need your, shut the fuck up. All right. Anyway. Thank you so much for listening to part two of my conversation with Wilson Cruz. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling, and marketed and everything else is done by Brittany Joe Sowards. Richmond. Um, I really appreciate all of you listening. I do, I did get a text. I'm just letting you know that I'm t- I took a photo of it of someone who wrote to me because if you're still listening then you know i love you more than anything oh these are all these restaurants i was looking up to eat at oh there's a crossword puzzle there's my covid test where the fuck oh judy i've been listening to your podcast every day on my way to work and she got tickets to my show her name is Alyssa, e-l-l-i-s-s-a so thank you Alyssa, who is lissy girl 21 on instagram thank you i'm looking forward to you seeing my show let's hope i remember my lines so yeah so that's that's really all i've been um doing is working on that so get your asses to my show Oh, uh, previews begin March 4th. Opening night is March 21st, and it runs through April 16 in New York City at 59 E 59 Theaters, which is at 59 East 59th Street, in case you didn't fucking know. 
what else? I I don't know what else to tell you except that um, I really love you for listening. I um, I'm gonna have some uh, upcoming episodes that I think you're gonna enjoy. Uh, I hope you'll enjoy. And as you know, I do this as a labor of love because at this point, you know, it's like become something I do. I make no money. And I'm really kind of getting sick of it. So there might be some changes. I'm warning you. I know I've been warning you for a while, but you know, I love doing this, but it does take up a lot of time. And the return is... uh, So that's it. I I don't know what else to say, except I can't believe the direction this country is going in. But I know there's good people out there. I know there's good people, so we have to keep fighting. And um, I, you know, I get nervous because of all this fucking anti-Semitism and racism and the banning of books and these stupid conspiracy theories and everything is so fucking... Like, how dumb are we? It's just ridiculous. So, yeah. I don't know what else. I haven't worked out in a week. I have a headache and I really want to lose 20 pounds. So that's, I'm putting that out there. I'm putting that out there. And I'm putting out that I love you all for listening. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram, even though Twitter is really fucked up now. I don't know if anyone else agrees with me. Write to me if you do, because it's like, I see the same shit every day. It's all this right wing crap. I can't tell you know, who's following me or why I don't get to see what I want is, I don't know. It's really fucked up. I'm really getting sick of social media, period. But I'm on it. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D. I'm on the TikTok, but I resent every second of it. So that's that. And um, I don't know what to tell you, except that I, I do adore each and every one of you who are listening right now, which I could probably count on my right hand. Cause who the fuck is going to listen to me right now at the end of the podcast? I mean, who cares? Um, but I do love you and I thank you all for your love and support. And as we always say, so long.